speaking, it was done. Welcome to sermons from St. Paul's Lutheran Church of Minot, North Dakota. St. Paul's is anchored in the message of Christ crucified for the forgiveness of sins, for the church and for the world. The following sermon is from Reverend Dr. Matthew Richard. Holy Gospel, according to St. John, the 20th chapter. Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early, while it was still dark, and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. So Peter went out with the other disciple, and they were going toward the tomb. Both of them were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. And stooping to look in, he saw the linen cloths lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came, following him, and went into the tomb. He saw the linen cloths lying there, and the face cloth which had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen cloth, but folded up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went in, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the scripture, that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to their homes. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb, and as she wept, she stopped to look into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had lain one at the head and one at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father, but go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord, and that he had said these things to her. This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen. Congregation may be seated. The stone, yes, the stone was rolled away. Christ was not in the grave. He was not among the dead. An empty tomb. Yes, an empty tomb. That is why we are here this morning. It is why we celebrate this day. It is why we fill these pews and eat family meals together and get vacation from school. An empty tomb. Yes, an empty tomb. But consider for a moment, what if the stone was rolled away and Christ was still in the grave? What if the women came to the tomb that Sunday morning long ago 
And there was a depressed angel sitting in the doorway, saying with a deep sigh, Ah, he's still here. He's still here. In his letter to the Corinthians, the Apostle Paul asks this very question. To paraphrase Paul, he said to those Christians in Corinth, he said this, If Christ were not raised from the dead, then we are wandering in dark, lost as ever, still in our sins. If Christ were not raised from the dead, all of our hoping, all of our dreaming of everlasting life is nothing but tiny, empty inspirations. If Christ were not raised from the dead, we are all a pretty sorry lot. We are to be pitied as dumb fools. In other words, if Christ has not risen from the dead, all of us Christians are wasting time in the church. If Christ is not raised, all of our church attendance, our prayers, our divine services, our singing, our offerings, sermons, Bible studies, and all of our diligent serving are one big waste of time. If there is no resurrection, there is no reason to go to church or act like a Christian. If there is no resurrection, we might as well join the pagans by eating and drinking and being merry, for tomorrow, yes, tomorrow we die, and that is it. That's it. Now, judging from America right now, though, we would have to say that Christ must be dead. That is right. You heard that correct. Judging from America right now, Christ must still be rotting in the grave. In other words, according to a recent study, only 50% of Americans go to church right now. And let us not get started. Let us not get started with the abundance of crazy and foolish and abhorrent theology that comes forth from many pulpits where people actually do attend church. Yes, Christ must still be dead, for we American Christians certainly act and function like Christ is dead. Ah, but immediate, the immediate response to this harsh judgment upon America, upon American Christianity, is that we are Christians as a nation. The 89% of Americans still believe in God. The immediate response is that we are Christians after all. 89%, 9 out of 10 Americans believe in God. We have a Christian heritage. But my friends, it's hogwash. That's hogwash. That kind of talk is rubbish. This kind of justification is the kind of empty lip service, the kind that, that religious talk that pleases old grandmas, is the kind of talk that covers our religious laziness and our apathy as a culture and country itself. You see, when we neglect, when we despise, when we roll our eyes at Christ's church and his word and his sacrament, well, we are essentially saying they're useless. They're dead. When we view church like a dentist or a tax appointment, or if we plot out ways to go to church as little as possible to keep up appearances at the same time, to not let Christianity become too much of an inconvenience in our lives, well, our actions are essentially saying that the Lord's church, his word and sacraments are irrelevant, that they are dead. And if the church and the word and the sacraments are dead and irrelevant, then Jesus is dead and irrelevant. My friends, you cannot separate Christ from his bride, the church. You cannot separate Christ from his word and his sacraments. Now, with all of that said, even regular Christians in the pew Regular attending Christians in the pew, well, they often function as if Christ were dead as well. 
All of our incessant worrying in the church about meaningless things, our paralyzing fear, yes, that paralyzing fear of the world around us, and those tight fists, yes, those tight fists clinging to our earthly possessions, just to name a few, they all communicate that we have no hope, that we have no faith, because Christ must be dead. Frankly, yeah, frankly stated, many atheists are less hypocritical than we Christians. At least atheists dare to say that Christ is dead and then act accordingly. Now, perhaps too many of us have reduced the Christian faith, perhaps really the culprit in all of this, is that we reduce the Christian faith to a mere theory or a collection of pious religious sentiments, the kind that are printed on the outside of a coffee cup. And then we take those and we somehow incorporate those into our lives when it's most convenient. Perhaps we have reduced the Christian faith to the level of Buddhism or Islam or Mormonism. After all, Buddha and Muhammad and Joseph Smith, they all died, leaving us their religious theories and their sentiments. But unlike Buddha, unlike Muhammad, and unlike Joseph Smith, we still have to understand that Christ, yes, Christ is different Yes, Christ died. He did indeed die. He was laid in a tomb, and he also taught us many things. But here is what is different. This Christian faith, your Christian faith, the Christian faith that we have right here and right now, is not, I repeat, it is not a collection of religious theories and myths and dreams and opinions that were left by a religious martyr named Jesus. Christianity is not on the same level as those silly visions of Muhammad's Islam. Christianity is not on the same category as the make-believe stories of Joseph Smith's Mormonism. Instead, the Christian faith, the Christian faith hinges not upon a theory, not upon a myth, not upon a dream or an opinion, but the Christian faith is anchored upon a real person and a real event in a real place, during a real time in history. Christianity is anchored in Christ and what he actually did. Let me speak as clearly as possible and as simple as possible. This world that you live in, the one that you wake up into every single day, the world that you move, the world that you live and breathe and have your being in, is the very same world that Christ was born in, lived in, died in, and rose from. Besides the Bible, we need to keep in mind, over 124 non-Christian historical figures give us an empirical record that Jesus did, in fact, live and die. And even some of them state that he rose from the dead. Furthermore, beside these sources, beside these non-Christian historical sources, keep in mind that Jesus was seen resurrected by his disciples, and over 500 other people at the same time. And remember those scared disciples in the garden, those scared disciples in the garden that ran like scurrying cockroaches afraid of the light? Well, before the resurrection, as we hear in the scriptures, they were sleepy in the garden, they were tongue-twisted before a young servant girl, and they were afraid in that upper room. But get this, after the resurrection... After they witnessed Jesus alive, we hear that Matthew was slain in Ethiopia with a, yes, with a halberd. Peter was crucified upside down, 
saying it was not worthy to be crucified the same way as his Lord, so crucify me upside down. And others like Mark, Mark was dragged to pieces by the people of Alexandria. Idolatrous priests, they hung Luke in Greece. A sword beheaded Paul under Emperor Nero. My friends, the reality of the resurrection, it changed everything. It changed everything for these sleepy, tongue-twisted, and afraid followers of Christ. And so, it is quite simple. Christ is risen. But we act in ways that contradict this reality. Pick your poison. Regarding the Christian faith, we give way to fear, we give way to apathy, we give way to laziness and hopelessness and so forth. It can go on and on and on. Yes, we act as if Christ is still dead. Therefore, my friends, repent. Yes, repent, especially with your pastor. Repent together. Repent, all of us, and hear the bold and staggering news, Christ is risen. He is risen for your justification. Yes, hear the good news of your resurrected Christ, of the resurrection. Let, it, let the news of the resurrection rattle you out of your fear. Christ is risen. Fear not, blessed saints. Neither death nor fear nor anything in heaven or earth can hold you anymore. Hear the good news of the resurrection. May it awake you out of your apathy. Christ is risen. Your faith is not empty. It is not unhinged because Christ is not dead and drifting in the abode of death. He is alive. Hear the good news of the resurrection. May it chase away your hopelessness. Christ is risen. You are not left in your sins or the grasp of the devil, but you have been freed unto Christ and you look forward to new bodies and a new heaven and a new earth because Christ makes all things new. Baptized saints, Christ is risen. He's risen indeed. Therefore, the prayers that you pray, all the prayers that you pray, the sermons that you hear, the divine services you attend like this one right now, the offerings that you give, the Bible studies that you join, the serving you do, all of those things are not in vain because he is risen. Because Christ is risen, his church, his church, this church located here in Minot, his church worldwide, his word, his blessed word, his sacraments are not irrelevant. They're not dead but they are alive, they're effective, they're powerful. Baptized saints, Christ is risen, and this news, this fact, this reality, it changes everything. Nothing will ever be the same. The good news of the resurrection, it actually undergirds everything that we think and that we say and that we do. And so, do not let yourselves be poisoned by anti-resurrection thinking and anti-resurrection loose talk. Do not, dear friends, get drugged into playing fast and loose with silly myths and theories and opinions that are disconnected from the reality of an empty tomb. This morning, lift up your chins, think straight, live in reality. Your Jesus, your Jesus your Jesus who was crucified is not in the grave. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. In the name of the resurrected Christ. Amen.